grace and mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today is from Paul's letter to the Colossians chapter 1. Paul says, May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. Dear friends in Christ, in November of 2018, an American man who was killed by an isolated tribe on a remote Indian island wrote to his parents hours before his death that he wanted to declare Jesus to the tribe's people and that they should not be angry with the tribe's people or with God if he got killed. John Allen Chow, 26, is believed to have been hit with a volley of arrows shortly after making land on North Sentinel Island, part of the Andaman and Nicobar Islands. The island, which is off-limits to visitors without permission, is home to a 30,000-year-old tribe known to aggressively resist outsiders. Chow repeatedly tried to make contact with the tribe's people and managed to reach the island the day before he was killed. He tried to offer them gifts of fish, and a football. I don't know if any of you remember this story, but it made the front page headlines in many papers and in online blogs. I did not make much of this news, probably less than I should have, but the Wednesday following this tragic death, I was sitting with a sergeant and my unit's adjutant, and this story came up in our conversation, and the sergeant asked me, why can't you people just leave other people alone? Why do you have to go and do stuff like that? Besides, she said, look at what it cost that guy. I was taken back a bit by the sergeant's rancor in her statement and started defending the Judeo-Christian ethic what has wrought for this world. Western civilization, I said, and all the benefits of science, medicine, technology, codes of law, logic and art and philosophy, this is what the Judeo-Christian ethic has wrought from this, for this world, I said. And as I was speaking, I realized I was defending everything Christianity was not. The things that I was describing are all good things that God has given us. But Jesus ultimately did not come to bring scientific advancement, better living or technology or philosophy to the masses. When Jesus is arrested by the Jews and he is standing before Pilate, Pilate asks him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answers him, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. What in the Sam Hill was I saying? I was reducing Jesus' work to vaccines and washing machines. Did I really think that this young man, John Chow, went to that remote island to open the door for paved roads? Or that the Watts family that we pray for, who are in Africa as missionaries, we pray for them every Sunday, that they're there so that people may be served and have improved medical care and that alone? It is easy for me to forget, living here in Canada, that Christians have not always had it this good in the past, nor do they presently have it this good in other areas of the world. Today's epistle lesson, Paul is writing to the church at Colossae, and he reminds these Christians that they were once enemies and 
hostile to God, that they once walked and lived in sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, and idolatry. Paul says that these people who are now part of the church at Colossae were once living in sin. In fact, he says they were dead in their sin, and the path that they walked led to one place and one place only, death. I stopped short in talking to the sergeant, and I said rather sheepishly, and I don't know why, I said, well, without Jesus, there is no forgiveness of sin, and without forgiveness of sin, there is only death. The sergeant said to me, well, for that guy who went to the island, there was death for him too. The sergeant was correct. John Chow died. Those Christians at the church in Colossae died, and millions of Christians have died for their faith. To the world, this must seem like folly. John Chow was portrayed as foolish by the media. Most missionaries who give their life spreading the gospel are often portrayed as misled or not quite right in the head. What about us as we try to reach friends and family, co-workers and companions who do not know Christ as Lord and Savior? Are we met with open arms, open hearts, or open minds? Not usually. Usually we're met with derision, disdain, and dismissal. So why do it? Paul seems rather excited about the faith of the Christians at Colossae, saying, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints. Paul is thankful for their faith, their faith in Christ Jesus, not because it increases his wage as their bishop or because new technology has been introduced to prolong their lives, but because their faith in Christ Jesus lays up for them an inheritance in heaven. How did they get this inheritance laid up for them? Well, because they have heard the gospel, the good news that Jesus took on flesh for them and carried his cross for them and shed his blood for them and died on the tree for them and rose from the grave for them and for us to give us eternal life. Why would John Chow go to that remote island? Why would Paul suffer prison for the gospel? Why would you speak of the love of Christ Jesus even though it may draw ridicule? Because we know, as Paul told the Colossians, that in Christ we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Christ didn't come to deal with the things that man is concerned with, things that are seen, but Christ came to confront the things of the world that the world cannot bear, that the world can only see the results of sin and death and the devil. Christ's crib, his cross, his empty crypt, crush cancer and crying and the corpse by giving us a kingdom that is not of this world. Paul says we can give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and has transferred us to a kingdom which cannot be seen, nonetheless is the only kingdom which shall endure to the end. That is the kingdom of His beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Why do we bother to speak the love of Christ? Because His incarnation, His crucifixion, His resurrection in Christ 
we have forgiveness of sins and life and salvation. John Chow wrote the letter to his parents. He said, you guys might think I'm crazy in all this, but I think it's worth it to declare the love of Jesus to these people. He wrote, please don't be angry at them or God if I get killed. Rather, please live your lives in obedience to whatever God has called you. And I'll see you again when you pass through the veil. John continues, this is not a pointless thing. The eternal lives of this tribe is at hand. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see them around the throne of God, worshiping in their own language, as Revelation chapter 7 says. Dear friends, Paul says this, Set your minds on things that are above, not on things of the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. God has put your hidden life away in heaven to be kept safe with him, waiting for you until he comes again to bring you home. The world doesn't get John Chow's point for going to that island. In, those, in the moment as the points of those arrows drove home, taking John's earthly life, the point that Christ lived for us, died for us, rose for us, was made quite apparent to John the moment after when Christ took John, as he will for all of us who believe, home. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now let us pray. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.